This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 78. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's episode, Lessons from the Front Lines, How Google Lost the Fight to Prevent the Apex Deposition of its CEO, Sundar Pichai. Hey, everybody. I hope you had an amazing holiday season. It is January 1, 2022, and we're back in the studio to begin sharing more insights, uh, tips, and tactics on taking and defending depositions. So this is a Lessons from the Front Lines episode. And as you always hear us say, these are spotlight episodes on brand new deposition-related court rulings from around the country. These are from battles being actively fought right now in open cases at the time that we release these episodes. And that means that the rulings are typically just a few days old. So we always want to caution you that while these episodes are based on actual issued court rulings, they are subject to change, revision, modification, appeal, or withdrawal. So the issue at hand in the case we'll call Brown versus Google involves a fight over what we commonly refer to as an apex deposition. And as you know, that's a term commonly used by many courts to refer to the deposition of a high-ranking government corporate, or elected official. There's a body of law that essentially says if the person is sufficiently high-ranking and if it appears they have no personal knowledge or only have knowledge held by or capable of being shared by other lower-ranking witnesses, then the high-ranking official should not be deposed, or at least certainly not until it's clear that no other witness can in fact testify to the same subject matter. It's not a universal rule across the country but it is one that's sufficiently well-developed that you have to be aware of it if you're attempting to schedule the deposition of a high-ranking officer or official or attempting to thwart one. This doctrine extends not only to the top-level government, corporate, and elected officials, but also to many lower-level officials that you might not think would be covered by the doctrine. That can include elected sheriffs, what we commonly refer to in some jurisdictions as constitutional officers, It can include clerks of court, tax collectors, county administrators, even simple department heads in very large departments, such as what you might see in Los Angeles, New York, Miami, other larger cities. So the ruling in this case was issued five days ago on December 27, 2021, and the dispute arose in the context of a hotly contested class action lawsuit in the Southern District of California that was filed at least in part under a federal wiretap act. The plaintiffs allege in this case that Google, by tracking and collecting consumer browsing data and other web activity data, regardless of safeguards taken by the consumers to protect their privacy, including the use of private browsing mode in Google Incognito, uh, they allege that Google has allegedly unlawfully and intentionally intercepted and collected individuals' confidential communications. And the plaintiffs make that allegation saying that Google collects this kind of data even when the individual consumers expressly follow Google's own specific recommendations to prevent the tracking or collection of information. So the plaintiffs say, look, you tell us the steps to prevent tracking, but they apparently don't work as advertised. And the plaintiffs also quote in some of the court filings, they quote some Google employees having said at some point that incognito mode was radioactive and effectively a lie. 
The plaintiffs also say in some of their court filings that there were apparently internal Google discussions about ditching the incognito name entirely. So to address this issue, whether the plaintiffs would be entitled to depose uh, Mr. Pichai as the CEO, lawyers for both sides filed what is commonly referred to as a letter brief with the court to present the issue for decision. Now, if you're not familiar with them, some jurisdictions allow what we call letter briefs in lieu of lengthy motions, responses, and replies. The letter briefs are usually much shorter and get right to the point. In this case, the letter brief jointly submitted by the plaintiffs and by Google uh, was a grand total of just 10 pages, with the plaintiffs and Google each taking five pages of the argument, all single-spaced. And as a footnote, if you are in a jurisdiction that allows letter briefs, they can be a tremendous time and money saver. This was a critical fight over a critical issue, the deposition of Google and its parent corporation, Alphabet's highest-ranking official. And yet both sides were able to present all of the critical points in the cases they felt supported their positions in just 10 pages. As a second footnote, one of my favorite quotes of all time, by the way, was from the French philosopher and mathematician Blaise Pascal, who is famously quoted as saying, I would have written a shorter letter, but I didn't have the time. Uh, boy, truer words never spoken. Concise writing is indeed time consuming, but so unbelievably effective and the ultimate writing skill. I uh, clerked for an appellate court out of law school and I was amazed at the time to see the difference in the way that different lawyers write. Uh, there were two appellate experts in that jurisdiction in particular who were frequently before the court and the difference in their writing styles was striking. One always submitted briefs that used every inch of the permissible 50 page limit. The other nearly always submitted briefs that rarely exceeded 10 pages. And you can imagine who succeeded in obtaining reversals most of the time. The lawyer that used every available page, in my view at the time, was essentially throwing the very best arguments overboard and drowning them in a sea of bad ones. But I digress. So in the, in the letter brief, the plaintiffs say that uh, Sundar Pichai had been at the very forefront of Google's development of and decisions regarding this incognito mode in the browser, including, they say, Google's misleading disclosures and its intentional collection of private browsing information without consent. The plaintiffs say even his current position as CEO doesn't automatically shield him from a deposition, and that's obviously absolutely true. While the apex doctrine can be used to thwart the deposition of a senior ranking officer, it's not an absolute bar. So when a witness has personal knowledge of facts relevant to the lawsuit, like they say Mr. Pichai did, even a corporate CEO or president is subject to deposition. And so the plaintiffs make four fundamental points, and these are the core of the apex doctrine if you're attempting to take an apex deposition. They say, first, Mr. Pichai had unique knowledge of the facts at issue in the hand. Second, that it's firsthand knowledge that Mr. Pichai has. It's not repetitive, thirdly, of what other witnesses can attest to. And fourthly, the plaintiffs say, we've exhausted other less intrusive discovery methods and now we need to depose him. They say that Mr. Pichai in particular was actively involved in arguments about the effectiveness of incognito mode, including information they say was presented uh, to Mr. Pichai showing that users didn't understand how it worked and that company representations to the public about its functions might not have been 
entirely accurate. They say these were decisions, at least some of them, made at the Sundar level to continue using the incognito name and brand in various contexts. So they say the evidence of his unique firsthand non-repetitive knowledge far exceeds the showing that we need to support the taking of his deposition. All right, let's talk about what Google said in opposition to the deposition of its CEO. It says first, and it's correct, there's a rigorous standard for deposing an apex witness. And they say the plaintiffs here simply don't meet that standard based on what it says, really scant evidence of Mr. Pichai's involvement. They say that some of the documents upon which the plaintiffs based their argument for the deposition are more than a decade old. Some of the documents just have stray references to Mr. Pichai, and many of them were simply updates to him, people copying him on emails, uh, without his active involvement. And Google cited to two other rulings involving similar officials where Apex depositions were denied, specifically one that involved Apple CEO Steve Jobs, where the court said, no, you're not going to depose him, and another uh, denying the deposition of former Microsoft CEO Bill Gates, again, where the court said, you have not met your showing to depose folks at this level. Google went on to say that the plaintiffs in this case have only taken five fact depositions before reaching out to depose the most senior executive in their corporate hierarchy, and that others will soon be deposed, including 30B6 witnesses who can function as primary sources on a wide range of topics. So they're saying, look, Mr. Pichai is not going to have more information about these matters than the folks that are writing the emails that he's copied on. And they finally say, uh, among other things, but this is their final point, that staying abreast of company developments, simply being informed about what's going on, is something that all senior officials do in every organization. And that isn't enough to justify an apex deposition. All right, what does the court say? The court says, in a nutshell, there does seem to be enough here to at least show that specific relevant information was communicated to and possibly from uh, Sundar Pichai. So the court says, I'm going to allow the uh, class action plaintiffs to depose him, but I'll limit it to two hours. And from the filings, there did seem to be high level discussions and concerns about how Google should deal with the public's perception of incognito mode, how it had been presented to the public, critical internal decisions that he may have been involved in that were made about what changes, if any, should take place. So these did appear to be what we sometimes hear referred to as C-suite level decisions that might well have had to have been run by uh, Mr. Pichai for more than just his background information. And it appeared from the filings that Google just couldn't muster enough to make a bright line showing that Mr. Pichai simply had no involvement whatsoever. But what did the court do? It offset its decision to allow the deposition by strictly limiting Mr. Pichai's deposition to two hours. The court essentially saying you get 120 minutes with this very high ranking CEO and you're done. All right, let's walk through some practical considerations uh, here when you seek to either take or defend against an apex deposition. If you're trying to depose a senior corporate, governmental, or elected official, here are some things to think about. Ask yourself, number one, what information do I have that hits those four standards right on the nose? What do I have to show that this apex official has unique personal knowledge? Number two, what information do I have to show that the information this person has is firsthand? 
that it wasn't simply presented to them from others. Third, what information do I have to show that the information that will be provided by the apex witness can't entirely be provided by someone else? And fourth, what can I say to the court to show that I've done my best to exhaust my other options in discovery without taking this deposition? Typically, if you're seeking to take an apex deposition, you're going to need to have some kind of paper trail showing the involvement of the, the active involvement of the apex witness. Emails not just to, but also from the apex official. Emails to and from others in which they document conversations with the apex witness. Maybe documents, contracts, agreements, press releases, policies, or other similar documents showing the direct guiding hand of the apex official. You're going to need to show that the witness doesn't simply possess knowledge that was provided to them by others. That's a weakness in many apex deposition battles. A plaintiff or a defendant will be trying to set up an apex deposition and the chief argument will be that the apex witness was kept in the loop. But again, that by itself isn't going to be enough. Apex witnesses, because of their position, will almost always be kept in the loop on critical decisions. That by itself doesn't mean that they're a decision maker or that you can't get the information from someone else. It almost means the opposite. If being kept in the loop alone without more was enough, then all CEOs, all executive and elected officials could be deposed because that's what organizations do, right? They keep their top officials in the loop. So showing that an official was copied on emails or attended meetings and just listened in isn't going to get you across the goal line. Look for emails back and forth, documents back and forth, the active hand of your apex official. And you also have to show, as we've talked about, that the knowledge held by the apex witness isn't the same as everyone else. So if your apex witness simply sat in on meetings that 18 other people also sat in on and had no greater role, you're going to have to have more. You're going to need to show that the apex official made critical decisions, provided critical guidance, had an active and key role. And if an apex deposition is on your list, you've also got to decide the best time to take it. As Google pointed out in its court filings, there are cases that say that a party seeking an apex deposition ought not to come forward until after they've taken suitable depositions of fact witnesses and should also be obligated to take a corporate representative or designated representative deposition first before the court compels a senior official to take a day off or more than a day off for a deposition. So consider also taking not just your fact witnesses, but also uh, any depositions of corporate representatives first to see how much you can gather from them and to lay the foundation for your court filings to show that you still don't have what you need. Then you can correctly argue that you did everything you could have and you still need more information. But the key in every situation when you're attempting to take an apex deposition is meeting those four elements. Again, the witness has unique information. It's firsthand information. It's not knowledge that is simply repetitive of what others can say, and you've exhausted other avenues. Now, what if you're opposing an apex deposition? Well, you're looking at the flip side of the coin, obviously. And in large organizations, depending on the nature of the decision, you may have a bit of an advantage. While senior officials are obviously kept in the loop, that still doesn't mean that their deposition is appropriate. There may be dozens of people that have been kept in the loop and that made decisions that were merely then passed along uh, to the senior official 
for their information. There may have been no active role or response or input whatsoever from the Apex witness. The key here is showing that the Apex official was a passive participant. That's the mantra, the buzz phrase that you want to operate by or have your lawyers operate by as a guiding principle when you are opposing an Apex deposition. If there are documents that simply show that your witness was kept in the loop, but not active beyond that, put those together for the court to review. And you've got great arguments to avoid an Apex deposition if there's no real evidence that your official had an active, decisive role in setting the policy or in making a decision. And of course, you've always got great arguments in your pocket if you're defending the organization from whom the Apex deposition is sought by pointing out to the court that you can offer up one or more 30B6 witnesses whom you can stuff full of information and whom can provide uh, the very same answers that the opposing party wants from the deposition. Don't be shy about fighting an effort to depose your senior officials. The Apex Doctrine is very well established and it's a legitimate ground to oppose interference with your organization's daily operations. And finally, remember that if the court allows the apex deposition, that you ought to ask the court to time limit the deposition so that your witness or witnesses are not sitting there all day or for multiple days. In the federal court system, of course, depositions have a default time limit of seven hours, but the fact that the court found that your apex official should testify isn't necessarily a finding that the opposing side has seven hours of legitimate questions to ask. In many state court jurisdictions, there are no time limits on the length of a deposition. So you want to go back to the court if you didn't make that pitch, you were concerned about offering up a time limit because it might weaken your argument that there should be no deposition. Don't be shy about supplementing your filings with a request that the court time limit the deposition uh, to protect your officials. All right, so to summarize in a very broad way, for those seeking an apex deposition, proof of active involvement in the decision-making is what you need. For those opposing an apex deposition, proof of a passive role is what you need. And for both sides, you're going to want to show that the subject matter is or is not one that was highly likely to require input from the official in question. All right, that's it for today. What do we have in the show notes? We have the citation to the letter brief filed by Google and the plaintiffs. We have the court's order granting the Apex deposition. And we've got several citations to uh, court decisions as well to the two cases we mentioned involving Steve Jobs and Bill Gates and citation to another decision on the issue whether the uh, party seeking an Apex deposition should be first compelled to take a 30B6 deposition before turning to a request to depose a senior official. If you'd like a copy of the 10-page letter brief and the two-page court ruling discussed in this episode, just send us an email to depositionpodcast at jimgardylaw.com with something in the subject line like send me the episode 78 bonus on Apex depositions and we'll get that out to you right away. All right, have a great day and we'll talk to you again soon.